The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Well, you know what? Uh, today marks 17 years, if you can believe it. 17 years since American Idol debuted that, uh, you know, the show has turned out stars like Kelly Clarkson, Carrie Underwood, Adam Lambert, Daughtry, and, well, a few others. Um, it's also the 20, 20th anniversary of Amazon starting to sell CDs. You remember CDs? What was your first CD? Dustin just asked me what was the very first CD that I had, and I cannot remember it for the life of me. I ended up going on. I had like a 200 CD changer at one point, and I I had them all labeled and and all of that, but I can't remember what was my first CD. Probably bought by one of those, uh, what was it, that random house? or No, Columbia House. You know, you buy 12 for a penny. Yeah. I remember that gong show. Um, But anyway, to explore the impact of both of these on our arts and our entertainment, our culture, we're joined this afternoon by music commentator Eric Alper. Hi, Eric. Hello, how are you? I'm good, friend. Uh, How are things where you are today? Everything is great. You you know what? You just brought up a really good memory of what people's first CD was. Mine was, it was Brothers in Arms by Dire Straits. Because at the time... That was the album that stereo stores used to play in order to help sell the actual CD player and the the stereo systems that went along with it. So I was a sucker and I bought one. Okay. Did you have? Did you go on like and have that that the five uh, the five CD changer or something like that? Like literally, I, had, I did. I had I had all the disc man that you know if you yeah. took a, a larger than than normal step it would skip and I I didn't have that that giant book where you kept all your CDs without the covers, because I was a stickler for that. I wanted the covers in there. But yeah, you know, it's just amazing how much music has changed. And you don't think about it. You think, wow, you know, 1985, that that doesn't seem, that's like 10 years ago. But but it's not. It's, you know, 25 years ago, 35 years ago, when that, and then then quickly followed was was, uh, Amazon, and then uh, American Idol, which completely revolutionized not only music, but pop culture as well. Yeah, well, let's talk a little bit about this, because I was reading about it. So, Amazon started selling CDs, what, in 1998, and that ended up having big impact on on, uh, companies like Columbia House. Was it Columbia House that you could buy 12 for a penny, and then you were, like, legally obligated to buy whatever, and... Yeah, like six more at regular price. Yeah, yeah. And it just didn't affect that. Like, you know, it's impossible to think of. But, you know, when Amazon was first around, there was only 16 million people that had access to the Internet. And if you did, it probably took you forever to download a site. Forget about even a file. Now, of course, there's just under 2 billion people that have access to the Internet. And and Amazon um, is responsible for somewhere in the neighborhood of 9 to 11% of all sales online anywhere in the world that's just how big of a monster of a company it is and of course changing music when they sold cds yeah and you know what and it's i haven't bought a whole lot on amazon ever to be honest with you i think i bought a couple beach wraps and that was about it i've not bought a cd on there i don't think i bought books anything Mm. like that and we've certainly seen you know cds have really gone by the wayside i'm not sure is anyone using cds anymore Uh, i'm not Mm -hmm. sure but we're seeing a return to vinyl as well especially over the past decade and especially over the past couple of years that seems to be getting more popular and popular 
Yeah, absolutely. And, and I remember working at various record labels and distribution companies when, when Amazon started to really get popular. And what the internet was going to be doing essentially in the first place was allowing something called the long tail. And that meant it was a, it was a kind of marketing philosophy that said that the internet was going to bring this stature of selling a little of a lot. Yeah. So this the, the big sellers were still going to sell what they did, but those albums or those book releases or those products that sell 100 were now going to sell 300. Mm. And you were going to see that. So working at a record label, Amazon was always a place where they took 100 copies or <laughs> 200 copies. And that made it, that changed it because record stores couldn't sell out anymore. Mm. They, oh, there's only a certain amount of shelf space and floor space where you can rack a product. If you're a retail environment, how on earth are you going to compete with 16 million different albums that are available yeah. when at its best, you can maybe carry 200 different ones yeah. in the store and that's it. So, you know, it was only a matter of time before record stores went off to the wayside once Amazon started to become really popular. Yeah, well, and, and you know, and, and iTunes, Apple Music, just, you know, download, click, 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 you know, and it's it's so easy. But I, yeah. miss, I miss going into a record store and going to, okay, whatever, we're looking for Nirvana, go over to the little end file and go looking through it all. I, I miss that. I miss having the... The physical, in, like in my hand, I miss having the album in my hand, and I do. I, I love the CDs. I I did like looking at them. I because I, I miss I miss the album art. I miss all of that. I miss reading. Uh, you know what was all inside, yeah. right? You know, there's I, I think yeah. there's just something missing there about it. You know, and you you look back and. You know, I can't remember the first CD I had. You can remember yours. I remember the first album that we had in our house. It was John Cougar then. It was the first album. I think it was Hurt, Hurt So Good and Jack and Diane. That was like 1980, 1981. Uh, yeah. that, that came out. And I just remember my dad buying it for the drum solo, but I just, you know, I love that. And my dad always had this great stereo system. Anyway, also wanted to talk to you about this. We could talk about uh, CDs and albums all afternoon. Mm. I wanted to talk to you about this one as well, because, I mean, you know, at first you're thinking, okay, American Idol, it's been 17 years, big flipping deal, right? But when you sit down and you start looking at what American Idol has done in 17 years and the impact that it has had on arts, entertainment on television uh it's really dramatic isn't it eric yeah you, you know back in the day before american idol came on board it was a very easy road to take it was very simplistic you recorded the song you crossed your fingers and hoped that it got played on the radio then you made a video then you went to much music and if much music played it, you were a superstar overnight. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in America, it was kind of the same road, except for you had MTV. All of a sudden, American Idol brought these complete, unknown, unstardom look people into our living rooms, and we bought it. In cases of the first season, when 17 million, 25 million, 30 million people were not only voting, but they were watching. And it created the star system that the music industry and entertainment has never seen before because it literally plucked waitresses and bartenders and accountants out of their small town in Texas into stardom. And if you think that you know, being famous is a little bit of a head case to mm. most people when they've wanted it for years. Imagine when all of a sudden the entire country of America knows who you are seemingly overnight. And it did a lot of people's psyche in. 
Yeah, absolutely. And it, it's interesting, too, because American Idol was based on a British show, I think, called Pop, Pop Idol, um, yeah. mm-hmm. and uh, which was in turn inspired by uh, a New Zealand television uh, a show called Pop Stars. And at first, people weren't really, you know, it was pitched. People really didn't want to do it. Even I think Simon Cowell at first was like, oh, I'm not sure how this is going to work out. But then they, they did have a successful launch, and then yeah. they did it again, and then it grew into a phenomenon. And I remember at one point, I mean, that's all anyone was talking about in those first couple of seasons. But I'm not sure if it was because we were fascinated by the talent or the growing, the budding talent, or we were fascinated by the humiliation. Some of those really awful um, uh, auditions. Yeah, and, awful and singers, Simon right? And Just Simon made yeah. fun of in front of America. Yeah, yeah. you know, it's so funny because you, know, you and I can talk about this. For so long, but it came. It, it really opened up the doors to so many things. Not only did it bring, you know, music like Burt Bacharach and Motown <laughs> into a huge audience week after week, that you know was followed quickly by Glee. Glee succeeded all those years later mm. because people enjoyed listening to music from 30 years ago in prime time. It also brought that that method of snarkiness and genius into accessibility where, you know, now that we can look at and say, well, how can people be so mean on mm-hmm. the internet? Mm-hmm. It kind of started with American Idol and Simon <laughs> just slamming people without any reservations whatsoever. I really believe that, that it made it okay to make fun of people and embarrass mm. them um, to an audience that isn't wasn't really prepared for something like this and it turned out that a lot of people enjoyed not only watching that but talking about it in the next day at the water cooler of course they did yeah because it gave them a, an excuse to do the same thing you know you looked at some of the reviews from you know the first couple of seasons of this show and um, th- these are direct quotes American Idol is entertaining but as music it's inconsequential <laughs> uh, there's no real talent there. Um, and that was when they were talking about Kelly Clarkson in that first first year round. And I would say Kelly Clarkson is a huge talent. Um, it thrives on humiliation. It is nothing more than a conniving multimedia monster. It promotes commercialism. And you know what? Um, some of those are, are bang on, don't you think, Eric? <laughs> Yeah, all of that is true, you know, and, and look, it's so nice that you and I can talk about the great talents that it that it brought, whether it is Kelly Clarkson um, or, or Philip Phillips or Lee DeWise, but like back then, they were no better, no worse than a really decent singer at a karaoke bar mm-hmm. at 11.30 on a Friday night, because that's all it really was. Yeah. It just... When the stakes got higher and when Kelly Clarkson won that first season and started to sell a million copies a week of that single, I don't even think even the record labels at the time knew any clue what was going to happen with the success. And then they realized that for really cheap money, they could make stars overnight. And that's, you know, sometimes what happens when you look back at the winners of, of, of the first, you know, 18, 19 years. Some of them have gone on to really great fame and fortune and success. And some of them kind of, you know, are just there playing at, you know, various beer fests or rib fests in, yeah. across America. Yeah. And that's cool, too. At least they have a career. Yeah. You know, yeah. And I went through the list of some of the winners uh, this morning. And I'm like, I don't even know some of these people's names. There was one guy <laughs> there. I have no clue who they were. But you talked about the impact of, you know, record sales and the impact on radio. Um, American Idol had a massive impact on on radio. Um, there there was like, the, the by 2010, four winners of American Idol each had more than a 
million radio spins with Kelly Clarkson leading the field with over 4 million. I mean, that's huge. Yeah, that, that's massive. And it was interesting at, the, at that time because, look, as a publicist working in the music industry now, I'm always looking for the angles and the story ideas, but I'm always looking for proof that this music is connecting. How many fans do they have on social media? How many followers have they gone up since the last time that I pitched this story to you? With American Idol, it was immediate. 32.7 million people watched the show last night, and now the single is out. Yeah. Who on earth that worked at a radio station would dare say, no, it's not right for us, or we don't play breaking artists? If you're a rock station, sure, you know, you can kind of snub your nose at some of the more rockier yeah. places, uh, people. But, you know, even somebody um, like, you know, like Adam didn't get a single no. sniff of radio play until he started to join Queen. Yeah. And even then, he didn't really have that much singles because they were still doing cover songs for the most part and then unleashing their original song which was a little bit hard to take for some people but quite frankly I think it was something like two of every 15, 16 copies sold in America at, at, at a single time during the peak was sold by an American uh, idol artist. I mean we'll never ever ever see the, the likes of the show ever again. And you know the impact that it also had on other on other shows music stores of course there's Rockstar, yeah. Nashville Star, Rising Star The Voice which is still hugely popular and they also said that it served as a blueprint for some of the non-singing shows like dancing with the stars so you think you can dance um dance world where mm-hmm. j-lo is now i mean it just yeah. really just set the groundwork yeah it, it, it put a little bit of a spin on that whole concept of the variety show where i used to grow up and watch carol burnett or mm. laughing or or certain shows that were all about entertainment and this actually changed to putting entertainment back on primetime television that wasn't scripted. And as much as like reality shows kind of are scripted, it wasn't sitcoms and it wasn't drama shows. In fact, you know, when, when Fox was airing American Idol first, it seemed like every single night there was either a game show or an <laughs> entertainment-based show that had celebrities like the judges or it had, uh, in conjunction with normal people, just off the street competing for cash and prizes. And it was a real, in the beginning, it was a real cheap way to make a lot of programming until it started to get successful. Then the judges wanted more money, turning each show into a three or four million dollar cost as much as those sitcoms that they were trying to compete against in the first place. Eric, I have a couple more questions for you, but I need to take a commercial break. Can I put you on hold for a second and come right back? Absolutely. Anything for you. Awesome. Eric Alper, more with him right after this. This is a tune from Trucker Dave's first CD. Uh, Smashing Pumpkin, Siamese Dream. The song's called Today. Eric Alper joining me this afternoon as we talk about the fact that Amazon started selling CDs uh, 20 years ago on this day. And it was 17 years ago today that American Idol debuted. And I know you might think, ah, American Idol, blah, blah, blah. Um, But it has has had an impact on uh, the arts and entertainment culture. It's had an impact on music radio uh, as well. And... 
uh, it's just an interesting conversation. And, and Eric, we had talked uh, just beforehand, you were talking about some of the judges and how that got to be such a huge thing. And I had to go back and look at the list of them. Randy Jackson, Simon Cowell, Paula Abdul, Ellen DeGeneres, Jennifer Lopez, Stephen Tyler, Mariah Carey, and Nicki Minaj. Remember that gong show? Um, Keith Urban, Harry Connick Jr., who was one of my favorite. And then the last three that we've seen, Katy Perry, Luke Bryan, and Lionel Richie. Why do you think that they've been so interested in this? Um, for a number of reasons. For a couple of them, um, specifically, it was a giant payday. So you can take a look at the, the three judges at any given year and know who is the one that's bringing home that massive paycheck. Mm. Whenever Jennifer Lopez was a judge, she's the one. For somebody like Lionel Richie, who's had an, an immense historic career, it's a chance for him to get back in the limelight yeah. and have some fun without actually slogging it out on the road night after night. And in fact, a lot of these judges that weren't, say, the big star ended up going out or, or announcing their own tour right after American Idol ended because they thought, well, I would just you know, sitting in, in the studio in front of 40 million people a week, so why not have those stakes go a little bit higher? So for artists, it's a chance to do a TV show that's fun, that gets them into millions of homes, and not very far away from where they live, mm. and pick up a good paycheck. Yeah, it's good to me. Yeah, exactly. Before I let you go, uh, Eric, um, you know, you've looked at kind of like the ebb and flow of this show, you know, the huge, huge numbers, and then, you know, it dropped off uh, for a few years, and it returned, what, on ABC, um, and now it's been announced, uh, I think it was returning now for its 18th season as it's the most watched show on U.S. television, in, in it's, it's, it's shown around the world, 100 different countries. What is it that you think that, what do you attribute the longevity to this show? I think it's really simple. We love to make people famous. And I think that there's always <laughs> hope that somebody can actually achieve their dreams however steps they take. If you do it in three steps by way of a TV show, amazing. If you mm. log it out in the clubs and the concert venues for 20 years, we love that too. But we just love to see other people make a success for themselves. I think people are inherently good, and I think we love celebrating success and watching people win. And we love to take, tear them apart when they don't. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's, that's the next one. But it's changed a lot. I mean, it's changed a lot from the Simon Cowell days. We don't see Luke Bryan or Katy we Perry. We don't even need Simon no. Cowell. No. We just need Twitter. Well, you don't, yeah, you just need Twitter anymore. But the judges anymore are just really cheerleaders. They're not really offering any great constructive con- con- no, criticism. No, they're... they're- yeah, they're they're too scared. Look, I would be the exact same way. Whenever I judge Battle of the Bands contest, I'm I'm Mr. Positivity. I can find the good in everyone. <laughs> and I think it's it's you know, some people just don't want to be known as like that one that slammed all these contestants. I think it's okay for Simon Cowell, but not if your job is to sell as many copies to as many people as possible. Finding the good in everybody, Eric. That's why I love you. It's nice to talk with you. Thank you so much Always today. Great to talk to you too. All right, Thank you take so much it easy. We'll yeah. Eric Alper, you can follow him uh, on Twitter at that Eric Alper, a really great Twitter feed on a regular basis if you want to check it out.